Empowered people make informed decisions that lead to living a life without regret. This is Sarah Kaki and Shauna Woods from Atlanta Divorce Law Group, and this is the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. Welcome to the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. I'm Sarah Kaki with Atlanta Divorce Law Group, and I'm joined by our very own managing partner, Shauna Woods. Shauna, today we are going to kick off this podcast episode with the burning question, are you being annoying during your divorce? And I think this is a healthy question for whoever is going through divorce and has a support system, friends, family, loved ones that they're leaning on to ask themselves so that they don't alienate that loving, kind support system that wants to help them through this. Can you relate? Absolutely. And the question really is something that we should be reflective about in most of the things that we're going through in our lives, right? Am I annoying other people with this emotion and all of these heavy things that are sitting on me that I am continuously sharing? The answer is probably yes. Well, I agree. If you have to ask, then probably the answer is yes. And to reiterate Shauna's point, it's important to keep in mind that this is not just about divorce. It's about any time you're going through a life, major life transition that involves reevaluating your identity, reevaluating your values, reevaluating your belief system, reevaluating the role you play in your relationships. And you are in need of your support system more than ever. It is probably important to think, how am I showing up? in receiving this need and asking for the need that I have of other people. Now, divorce is just an interesting one to dive into because it's such a heightened life transition. It is so physically, mentally, in every way, consciously, subconsciously, it's just such an in-your-face life transition that somewhat internalized, but somewhat is very seen externally by others as well. So it's an interesting one to use for this topic of how are you showing up for your support system when you're in a time of need? It is. And it's not that we're saying that you should not have your support system or you shouldn't rely on your support system. That is what they're there for, right? That is what your family and your friends are signing up for when they're there saying, I'm here for you while you're going through this transition. It's a gut check to know when is enough. And when you need to kind of stand up on your own again. So let's, let's dive into that. Um, and first of all, for people that are anything like you and I, I, that have a hard time already asking for help and have a hard time receiving help, have we've done a lot of personal development and work on our own to be able to say, hey, I'm, I'm in pain, I need help. And it's important those people hear the fact that this isn't about not asking for help. This isn't about not being vulnerable. This is about knowing when you are crossing the boundaries of your support system to a point that is dysfunctional for you and to a point where it's only self-serving you and you're no longer being a partner in these relationships to other people. And the part that you cross that line into being annoying, I think is when the help you're asking for and the support you're asking for is actually no longer serving any value to you as well. It is truly just becoming uh, a crutch, a, a crutch that is keeping you stuck in 
your story, keeping you stuck in a place of not knowing what to do next without having to ask someone, not knowing how to feel about something without asking someone, losing check with your own instincts and your own gut and needing everybody else around you to tell you how you should feel about things, what the next best move is. I think of it as losing your advisory board and instead turning your advisory board into your parents that have to tell you what to do. I agree. It's a lot of times it's staying in a victimhood, choosing to say, I'm so hurt. I'm so wounded. I simply can't function without you holding my hand and telling me how do I function? There is a time when you are first going through a separation or first going through a divorce where you may be that boss. Right. And that's okay. It's that you cannot stay there. And friends that love you and friends that are healthy friends that want to see you outgrow this pain you're in and want to see you move on and aren't just here to be constant rescuers for you. They don't want to be your parent. They don't want to be the ones that tell you every step of the way, here's how you should feel about this. Here's what you need to do now. Here's the decision-making process. They want to be your support system. They want to be your advisory board and then see you grow and stand on your feet from there. That's what a healthy friendship should want for you. I would say, watch out for the ones who actually are receiving their own love and self-esteem and security by you staying in this very needy place of not being able to make any moves or decisions or decide how you feel about anything without them. Because then you've really just replaced one dysfunctional relationship for another one. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that we talk about when we tell people to get therapy as they're going through the divorce, because that is the absolute perfect place to process all of these emotions and to really work through this. Am I learning to stand on my own two feet again? Am I coming out of this really dysfunctional relationship or just an unhappy marriage and learning how to be me again? And that's where your friend should come in and help you. What do you like to do? Right. Let's go do this. Let's, you know, like you went camping, right? Let's use that as an example. Do you want to go camping? Do you want to go on a, on a wine tour? What is it you're wanting to do? And they want to help you get out there. Right. Right. But you cannot rely on them to provide all of that for you, to provide all of your entertainment, all of your emotional support. You may have been used to getting that from a partner. Right. You cannot expect to be getting that from your friends or even your family. Well, I think that when just from close people in my life that I have seen going through divorce and what how I've seen it manifest where I've personally, as their support system, gotten to a place where I'm like, okay, you are being annoying now. It's when they cross that boundary of needing you as a shoulder to lean on, as having their back, as bringing them clarity, helping them think clearly to a point where you are now a source for them to bounce their selfishness back off of. And there is a level, there is stages when you're going through divorce, because initially you're in a state of shock. You're having an identity crisis. You're wondering, who am I outside of this marriage? What are my values? If I am somebody that gets divorced, what are my belief systems? If they're not part of this marriage, And 
when you're trying to get yourself out of that place of who am I, a lot of people are uncomfortable staying in that who am I too long. It is way too dark. It is way too unclear. And they quickly need to jump on the next identity bandwagon. And your friends who've known you for a long time, they can see it and they write through it. They can see that they're, this isn't really who you are. This isn't really what you're about. And, and a lot of people, I think initially, they have a level of patience and compassion to say, it's okay, you're, you're discovering who you are. You're discovering what you're about. But the part that it becomes selfish is when they want to enroll you into this new behavior. I had a friend who, after he went through divorce, Every night he had to go out. Yes. Every night yes. he had to go do something because he had been married very young and had not been able to live like th- those twenties, right? The fun twenties. And now he was divorced in his thirties and wanted to experience his twenties in his thirties. But all of his friends, they were now married with children and were moving on with their lives and Every night it was about who's going to go out with me. And if you're not, it was, there was a sense of guilt of, well, I just went through a divorce and I just need my buddies to come out with me and have a good time with me. And it's not that that's not okay, that you want to go out and have fun, but it's that quickly needing to jump onto, it is all about the way I feel about things and everybody else needs to cater to that because I have been trapped for so long. And now that I'm out, Everybody needs to join this party. Yes, there's a there's a meme or a video that's going around that or has for a really long time. They talk about the different phases you go through after a breakup, mm-hmm. right? The promiscuous phase, right? The alcoholism phase, or the just I don't care anymore depression phase. Right. You know, and those can happen at different points in time. You've got to understand these are phases, and you need to get back to who you are at the basis of yourself. Yes, when you marry too young, you absolutely want to try to go figure out what did I miss? What's on the other side? But the friends that you have, if they are of your same age, they've already experienced that. And they're probably looking at you like, okay, well, get through it quickly and catch up. Yes, yes, exactly. So, and I do think it's not just separation and divorce. We see these in midlife crises. Oh, yes. You know, when you, you see these older people hanging out at the young kids club and it's just very obvious and it's kind of sad it's like you can point it out and a lot of people who are going through the divorce are trying to recapture their youth and they think that's how i go dating now right right what i did in my 20s is what i do to go dating and it's not and you are being annoying i'm just here to say it but at the same time at any given moment in time all of us are annoying when we're going through something. Well, I think it's like when a child picks up a new instrument and they're practicing that new instrument and nobody in the house can stand the sound of it, but they all have to be supportive because that new phase of them learning how to use that instrument is quite awkward. And we can't say how awkward it is as we're listening to it as a captive audience. We have to say, yes, Hannah, you sound wonderful on the flute. We, We love the way that sounds. It, it keep going. We love it so much, but really it's an awkward growing up phase. And this is almost the same thing as anybody going through a midlife crisis or going through a divorce. It's something inside of them that has been trapped 
that was not allowed to voice itself, that was muted, is now coming out to be unmuted and is now coming out to be express itself. And through the divorce process or whatever the life transition is, this person decides, you know what? I, I actually, I'm free now. I am going to express this. But learning how to express it and bringing into the light has an awkward phase because it's almost an undomesticated expression. It's an undomesticated form of you that needs to learn how to adapt and be with other people and express itself in a healthy way. And those who have known you for a long time have never seen this part of you being expressed before. So to them, they can sense the awkwardness. And this is the other part that we see when your friends of support system that have been here for you and have loved you and see you going through this divorce. And when they're not playing the part with you in this new expression, I find a lot of divorced people quickly alienating their friends and going after a new group of people because, hey, this new group of people never knew that I didn't have the side of me and this new instrument that I'm playing, it doesn't sound awkward to them because they've never heard me play it before. So what was the recommendation or what is a recommendation of how do you stop, right? What do you do now? Do you just have to go through these phases or is there something that you can literally look at and say, all right, I've had enough. I'm done. I think that anytime you are deciding to transition from one identity to another identity, whether that is change, deciding that there are a set of values that no longer serve you and you're adopting new values or in releasing old beliefs for new ones, I would sit down and ask myself, what is the truth in each of these things? And there is some behavior that you'll find that you want to express, not from a place of truth of who you are, but from a place of rebellion towards what you no longer want to be. And if you can be honest about that and sit down and say, what is the truth in this want that I have to go express myself in this way? Is it a true desire or is it me rebelling to the role I used to play before? That is going to take a lot of self-reflection. Yes. And a lot of maturity on the part of people who probably don't feel very mature or self-reflective at the time. And there is no other time better than divorce or any other really hard life transition to do that. And I'll tell you why. Everybody is capable of that work. I don't care how much intelligence and natural intelligence they have, how much life experience they have, how much education they have and where they come from, what their background is. I truly believe every human being has the capacity for that level of self-awareness, if their desire to seek it and stay with it is there. So how does that desire show up? I'm going to ask you a question that you asked me before we started recording. Okay. Have you ever found yourself annoying? Absolutely. Have you ever gotten so sick of your own story? Yes. I believe that's the point. That is the point. I think that's the point when you can't stand your own story anymore. You can't stand yourself anymore. That's when you will either decide to give in to the desire for change and self-awareness, or you'll mute it through 
some dysfunctional form. I think that's an excellent point. And one of the reasons I believe anyway, that we repeat a story over and over and over to people, whoever will listen, let me tell you my side of the story. I need is because you're trying to validate something you probably feel you've done wrong, Mm -hmm. but do not want to admit it. Right. Yes. So you're selling somebody on a story that you're actually trying to sell to yourself. And then what happens if that great support system of yours is not being sold? If you're not ready to admit the truth to yourself, then you're looking for that new support system. You're looking for that you're new moving person on. who's going to say, I believe your story. I believe you were the victim. You had nothing to do with whatever went wrong. And you'll say the other person didn't understand me. But we did an episode on fighting to be understood. You first have to be so clear with yourself and understand yourself before you can ask to be understood. And if you're not fully being clear and the people who know you and are here for you and want you to grow and come out of this better, they are going to smell the BS when you're selling it to them. Oh, absolutely. And you'll run away from them if you don't want the self-awareness. It's exactly why we say they sound like a broken record. Yes. Because they're broken. (laughs) The the record doesn't work anymore. I think that's it. Thank you, Shauna. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, go to atlantadivorcelawgroup.com forward slash resources.